So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. My guest today, he's an author of Stop Killing Deals, and he's also the founder and creator of Membrane, which is a software that bridges the gap between sales strategy and sales execution. George Bronten, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Oh, thank you. From uh, sunny Stockholm. I hope. It is, Sonny. Yes, oh, yeah. actually is. <laughs> yeah. so George, tell me about how your journey began in sales, where it started for you. Okay, so I guess in the, in the early, early beginnings, uh, it was, my first job was selling loudspeakers. And uh, it was a Swedish company that sort of took an IKEA approach to loudspeakers. You had to build them yourself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and, and I was a kind of a, a nerd when it came to that kind of stuff. So I loved it. So I was in that, that shop selling the, the, these loudspeakers. And then one of the guys uh, recruited me to uh, start working at a um, company who sold the, the For Dummies books. Do you remember oh, those? Oh, yeah, I do. I do remember those. So I went uh, uh, around the country to bookstores and computer uh, shops and, and sold these for dummies books, <laughs> yeah. which was an interesting experience. And I remember learning a lot from, from Anders, who was my sort of co-worker there. Uh, so that was my second job. And then I started my, um, my own company. Uh, right. My first company was a, uh, a portal for dentists. Okay, that's quite interesting. Uh, what made you get into that line? Yeah, that was because my one of my brothers is a dentist, and I got into to the internet. It was nineteen, I can't remember three, nine, four somewhere, and uh, I thought that the whole internet was was going to be big, and and he was a dentist, so I just thought that might be a good combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was, of course, a, a completely complete madness, actually, because th that whole industry is extremely conservative. Yes. And as uh, so we, we we built the portal to sell web pages, so the the, the actual product was selling web pages or right. designing and, and building web pages to the people who sold stuff to dentists. Yeah. But they did they never even heard the word internet or the worldwide yeah. web for them was like what, what you yeah about? yeah so so that was a poor poor market research there um but that led to my uh, my second company called upstream yeah uh, which uh, where's where we sold little known software from around the globe to it resellers in in scandinavia okay uh, so and that that was a really exciting time still still a uh, a healthy company although yeah. i'm not involved so much anymore and that led to my newest uh, sort of creation which is membrane fantastic and i, I want to hear about membrane but i want to pick up something you said there you said your your first you know, proper boss anders taught you a lot what sort of key things did he teach you in the sales capacity yeah so he wasn't really my boss he was my my colleague and and i went uh, with him in the beginning so he taught me the ropes I, uh, we we were driving a lot so we were in the, in the car we went to a bookstore and he showed me how he would speak to the uh, to the customer and and we were selling these were these were computer books or the dummy series was initially about computers and stuff mm. and the bookstores was uh, they were usually owned by someone who loved books but had no clue about computers mm. Mm. So his kind of tactic was actually to be quite educational when it came to computers. He was talking yeah. a lot about the computers, how, that, how they're going to become more important and how yeah. people want to know more, but they feel stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, th and then sort of explain the concept of the dummy series around that. Yes. Uh, okay. So I guess, I mean, he, and he was very, I mean, he was, he was very disciplined in a way. So we, mm. we, um, 
we went to one bookstore, went to the next, and we, we just visited every every bookstore that was to <laughs> yeah. in that region. Then we yeah. sat in the car and went to the hotel in the morning, went to the next <laughs> next yeah. little city. Uh, so I guess one thing he learned I, I learned from him was was the discipline and to to be ed- to be to share information that makes mm. the customer want to learn more. Mm, that's interesting. So give me an example of what you mean by that. Say again. Give me an example of what you mean by that. An example? Yes, you said share. You said to share something to make the customer want more. Can you give me an example of that? Right. So the, what he did was uh, he was talking to that person about computers, and and yeah. that person was not in the know about computers. Yeah. So they felt that they were learning something from him and then they realized, wow, if I find this interesting, maybe my customers would want to learn more about this. So I'll, yes. I'll put some of these books on my, um, on my uh, shelves. Yes. With you. I'm with you. And, and tell me, I know membrane is, as I said, it's about bridging that gap between strategy and execution. Tell me, how did that come about and, and how does it help people? Right. So in the, in my upstream days, we uh, we moved from selling pretty transactional software products mm. and volume to selling pretty complicated solutions to the IT resellers that could make them more effective. So that we we went into uh, into um, our automation tools. Yeah, and uh, this was a very big shift when it came to our sales efforts because in the past we have basically. Uh, sold products that were better than, for instance, Microsoft alternative product yep. and a lot cheaper and easier to use. Mm. And now we were selling a, a solution that basically sh- um, meant that the IT reseller, which was our client, had to sort of redesign their entire business model. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was a really intrusive in a good way but as a salesperson also in in a complex way because we had to sort of convince everyone in that company Mm. that this was a good idea Mm. Uh, so what i realized when when sort of doing this transformation from a a transactional simple volume sale into a complex high high uh, priced uh, sale was yeah. that there were so many things involved, so many different stakeholders we needed to engage with and, yes. and convince, you know, and, and that initially we, we, we thought of it as a product. We sold them a product, but after a while, of course, we realized that it was much more than that. Yes. We helped them transform their businesses using the mm. technology. But um, I, I realized when doing that, when I was hiring salespeople that I, um, I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> We've all been uh, there. And that's what the, yeah, that's what the book is all about. Like I made a lot of assumptions that salespeople yeah. are born. Salespeople should know what to do because yeah. they sold something in the past for someone else. Yeah. They should be disciplined. They should do everything it takes to reach the targets I've set up for them. <laughs> if only, right? If only. If only. Yeah. So I, I made a lot of faulty assumptions and then it didn't work out. So I hired a fire and fired a lot of salespeople until yeah. I sort of realized that, wow, I'm the problem here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's when I started studying sales uh, very deeply and read all the books about methodologies and NLP, mm. behavioral economics, you name it. Yeah. And the conclusion was that I needed to provide my salespeople with a very clear 
way of selling. Yes. This is the way we do it. This is how you speak to people. This is how you talk to a technician because a lot of the salespeople were super afraid to engage with the tech guys. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we had to coach them on how do you do that? How do you, what's important to it's a tech person? How can you yeah. communicate that, et cetera. So, and that then resulted in sort of a, I had an idea in my head of a visual representation of a sales process. Okay. Uh, and uh, I went to my CRM vendor at the time and I said, hey, I have this idea. It's great that we have this database, yeah. the CRM, but I want this to be both visual informative and actionable like yes in a, in a big visual like uh, process yes and it, but it's not it's, it can't be overwhelming so it has to be dynamic and i had all these ideas yes and they're like well well can't really do that yeah. <laughs> uh you'd have to customize it you bring in a system integrator some technical consultants and being yeah. in in software all my life i know that means it's going to cost me a fortune yeah i'm never going to be done and as soon as they release a patch it's all going to break yeah yeah so i that's when i re, uh, decided to build my own uh product and that's what became membrane so explain that. So is Membrane, for listeners who've not come across it, is it like a sales process, like methodology? Yeah, it's, a, it's basically a CRM for, for the modern world, uh, yeah. specifically tailored for B2B salespeople where you, 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 your sales cycle is not a one f- phone call. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a series of, of, of communi- uh, touches over time, yeah. possibly with a series of, of different people at the yeah. customer. And you need to sort of have a way of working where you put all that together. So it's a CRM, but it also has all those enablement components on top of it that Fantastic. makes it help you sell better. Fantastic. And, and you've mentioned, you know, uh, uh, an early lesson for you about you made that assumption, which we've all been there as a sales manager myself. I was there of salespeople just naturally hungry, disciplined. And, and then you learn very quickly. That's a, a really bad assumption to make. So yeah. From a lot of the salespeople you've worked with, what do you believe, George, makes a top sales performer now? In, in the, I mean, we work with B2B complex sales. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in this uh, space or in this type of sales environment, you have to be very, you need to be business savvy. So you need yes. to understand business and, and money uh, and how it ties together. And uh, you need to be very curious. Mm. I think that's a, a key component to really understand your client and what they want to achieve and how you can align with that and really help them. Mm. So curiosity and business acumen are two on, on the top of my list. Yeah, I heard someone, one of my podcast guests a couple of weeks ago, you, you remember the old saying ABC, right? Always be closing. Mm-hmm. And they said, now it's always be curious. And I, I love that. I think it's so yeah. important that you are genuinely interested in your prospect, right? Yeah, I agree. I love that. And what's some of the best advice that you've been given throughout your career from mentors that you've worked with or, or, or some of the biggest takeaways? You, you said that you read a lot of books, studied NLP. What's some of the biggest takeaways you've taken? Yeah, I think um, in NLP, there are, there are a number of, of good um, models that I, that I really like uh, yeah. when, it, when it comes to understanding motivation, for instance. Yes. Uh, they have a model called the logical levels of change. Okay. Uh, 
I've, I've written about that in my blog. Um, and I think that's really interesting. How, how, how do you motivate someone and at which level uh, are you trying to, to make a change? Because a lot yeah. of times people try to make change at the lowest sort of level, which is the sort of environment. Like, yeah. oh, if I just buy a new headset or a new laptop, you know, and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, but then you go up and it's like you go to behaviors, skills, and all the, up at the top you have sort of your, your identity and your beliefs. Yeah. And, and if, you're, if your belief is that you're not um, – you're not uh, entitled to call on C-level executives. Yes, yes. <laughs> then it doesn't matter which headset you have, right? Yeah. Uh, so I like that model, for instance, because you can then, especially as a sales coach, when you start helping someone else, you, you need to sort of drill down and see where is the friction here? Is it, yeah. is it on the skills level? Is it, the, is it a belief? Is it a, an assumption? Is it mm. just bad data. I mean, there could, there could be so many different things that is mm. holding someone back. And I think that model is really helpful from, from that perspective. But also as a salesperson, understanding a client's motivation, you can use yeah. it there as well. Yes. So no, that's no, a good one. No, I think that's, that's a really good tip, actually. That's really helpful advice. Well, in your, in your sales journey, if there was one sale that's really stood out for you, you know, that's, that's either taught you the most or one that you're probably most proud of, which one comes to mind for you? <laughs> That's the first time I get that question, actually. Yeah, I remember one that we did um, with the, the automation system. We were helping a company who uh, needed to sort of manage thousands of computers, mm. actually POS, point, point of sales uh, yeah. computers. Yeah. And um, they, were, they were just struggling so the operators the tech people were struggling and they had an obvious need mm. however the management didn't really see it the same way yeah. <laughs> they thought these guys were just whining and they had all the tools they needed yeah uh, and then their managers uh, it was, it was a, a multi-tiered sort of um, managerial uh, thing we had to manage there yeah and that was a really interesting sales process where we had to step by step really get everyone involved and everyone to see the benefit of, of making this shift so that yes. that comes to mind as a sort of an interesting deal and what was what was your biggest lessons from that well the biggest lesson is that you have to always know all the stakeholders that will need to sign off yeah. uh, on the deal right even yeah. if i would have just worked with the tech guys there uh, we would have never won the, the deal. Yes. If I would have sort of hoped that they could pitch it internally, that would never have worked. So you really need to always understand who will be involved and, and these stakeholders, what, what's their perspective, how will they see the value, et cetera, et cetera. So always engage all the stakeholders and don't assume that just because you have a good ambassador in the account, they will yeah. do the selling for you. So for, for my listeners that get involved in complex sales where there are numerous stakeholders, what's your best suggestions, George, of how they find out who's involved and how they find out, you know, how to influence all of them? Ask. Uh, ask the, uh, the, if you have an ambassador slash coach in the account, which you should have, yeah. uh, work with that person to have him or her explain how everything works because if mm. they've been there a while they know uh, who the influences are they might not know always who will have to be involved but yeah. you can coach them to find out 
Mm. Uh, so that's a good way to do what will need to happen in order for this decision to be made, do you think, in your company? Mm. And, and let them just brainstorm. Well, you know what? Uh, Adam needs to get involved. I need to, I mean, Tony will have to sign off on this. And and uh, have, you, have you bought anything like this in the past? I mean, how about legal? Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Legal has yeah. to have a say. You know, yeah. just try to find out these different names and, and get them involved as I, I would say in general, I mean, there are exceptions to this rule, but yeah. try to get everyone involved as soon as possible. Yeah, that's a great. Because, uh, yeah, because otherwise you get into this and I explain this to salespeople often, like if, if you, you start to look, uh, sort of you uh, see a movie together with a friend mm. and halfway into the movie comes your another friend. It's like, oh, you're looking at, uh, you're watching this movie. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You don't want to get into that situation. Uh, so get them yeah. involved early on. That's a That's good it. analogy, actually. So tell me about your book, Stop Killing Deals. What, what's sort of the premise and share with us some of the best tips in the book? Yeah, I, I, the premise is really that I, I think a lot of times people, uh, salespeople themselves, but also sales teams and organizations do very silly mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and they do them over and over again. And yeah. that's why the title is Stop Killing Deals. That, yeah. The, and there's so many shiny objects out there t- as well. There are technologies to do everything, right? Yeah. So email faster, call faster, do whatever faster. But really, you don't need another tool usually. You need to just be very structured, know what to do with whom and just design the way of selling and your process and your methods and then do it consistently, Mm -hmm. professionally and stop these stupid mistakes. So the stupid mistake we did in Mm -hmm. selling this automation tool back in the days was that we did not engage the tech people. Yes, yes. That was sort of, it was so obvious when I started to analyze it. Like of all these deals, we have not won. What went wrong? And it was the tech guys threw a wrench into the process because they thought they were going to lose their jobs. Yes. Holy crap. My boss is going to buy an automation platform. They probably want to fire me. That's why they're buying it. And and that was not the case at all. Yeah. So that's one example. I think that may be actually the number one mistake Mm -hmm. being made in in, in a a sort of a complex B2B Mm. deal because they're Mm. always more than one person involved. Of course. So stop killing deals is mainly about that. Like how do you, what assumptions are you making that are incorrect? Stop doing those and start doing the right things. And don't, don't overcomplicate it either. If you can only do, if you can only fix one thing like that, I mean, my, my win rate's tripled. Mm, Really? Three three X. That, that's a massive change in win rate, right? Wow. Yeah. Just solving one problem. Yeah, but you have to do it in a very disciplined manner. So when we designed the the process we had, we made sure we had talk scripts about that. We called it Thursday uh, Pizza and Thursdays. Because these tech guys, you know, they were every Thursday or every Thursday once a month, I think it was. Yeah. Microsoft released their patches. Yeah. And these poor tech guys, they had to work overtime to patch all their clients' servers. Yes. So they, they ordered pizza and they were sitting there being pretty bored because it's not very fun work. Uh, so when we could have that discussion with them, wouldn't you rather go to a game or be at home with your family than sit here and have a pizza and patch servers? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Well, yeah. so they were on board. Yeah. Not a very complicated discussion to have, but it tripled the win rates. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. And what's some of, from your research, you touched on one of the biggest mistakes a lot of salespeople make. What are the other sort of 
common mistakes that you found out through your research? Well, just the classic one, you know, just, just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping that it sticks, like yeah. presenting your stuff, selling instead of helping someone buy. Yes. Or, or not, I, I think that's actually wrong. You don't want to help someone buy. You want to help someone solve something, solve yes. a problem or get to a better place. And that should involve your product <laughs> or yes. service. Yes. Uh, but there's too much selling going on. You shouldn't really be, selling is just, it's just a, a result of you being curious and having business savvy and knowing how to align and solve yeah. problems. Then yeah. the, the customer will want to buy. You shouldn't even have to sort of sell in the traditional, maybe how you read the word traditionally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, doing too many product pitches too early is, is of course a classic one. So I, uh, I've heard, I heard a great term, sorry to jump in there, George. I heard a great term cool. said the other day, um, they called it premature elaboration <laughs> yeah yeah agreed yeah yeah it's happening all the time and and, and especially now i think in, in the sort of sdr world or yeah when you're when you're trying to reach out and get that first meeting oh, there's so much stupidity going on there on uh, and where you try to automate everything yes and you just upset a bunch of customers or potential absolutely. customers. No, absolutely. That's really good advice. Where, where can my listeners, George, get access to your book and, and find out more about Membrane? Yeah, so the book uh, is on Amazon. So just search for Stop Killing Deals there and you'll find it. And uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So just find search for George Bronton there and you'll find me. And I, I write a blog every week yeah. on Membrane.com slash blog. So that would be an advice to maybe follow that if you're into complex b2b sales absolutely well george thank you so much for giving up your valuable time and i wish you the best of luck with your book i know you're now turning that into an audio so my listeners whether they prefer audible or or hard copy they can now you, very soon they can get both from you right yes yes i am doing Fantastic. that thank you george thank you so much once again for your time and and stay safe out there my friend thank you it was a pleasure to be on your show thanks george